This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. There was some crazy stuff going on last week with the internet. Maybe you noticed all the updates that got pushed through, all the passwords had to be reset. And I've talked about this before. When you see that, usually it means that there was some kind of an attack of some kind. Well, then some of the stories started coming out. Um, Energy department uh, ransom demands being made on a uh, U.S. government agency. Then this uh, new threat level that the uh, uh, infrastructure security agency is putting out. I want to talk about all that, what it means, what it could mean to you, because it really could affect everybody. If, if there's if we get into like a um, you know a full scale digital war, which uh, there may already a cyber war, I guess they'd call it which it appears it's already going on. It's just a matter of if the defenses are going to hold up or not. Uh, it's totally invisible, so you don't see it. We don't know the extent of what's possible. All this data being stolen, we don't know how much disruption is possible. I'll talk about all that. What, what would happen if all the data became available to everybody at any time that there's no privacy? You're practically there now. You can go on the Internet and, and track down all kinds of crazy information about people if you're just willing to pay a couple of bucks. And then the big question, what would happen if there was a complete Internet shutdown? And you say, oh, I wouldn't be able to check Facebook. Oh, it goes a lot further than that, my friend. We're going to talk about all that. Before I do, though, sometimes I just need a couple of minutes to... Yammer on before I get into these deep, dark subjects, if you know what I mean. Fantastic weekend here. I couldn't be happier, really. I, I took a little bit of a break. It was good. Kind of my M.O. this summer. You know, uh, enjoying long weekends, I guess you could say. What's wrong with that? What's, when did that become a crime? Oh, my daughter had uh, had some friends over on Saturday. And, you know, the joy of children laughing. Is there any greater sound Really, seriously, if you ever just stop, I'm listening to these kids run around and, you know, we just have like the perfect, near perfect playground. You know, the pool, <laughs> pool, put pool. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about it. But minus the pool, we've got like a, a great, great place for kids here. Lots of room inside and outside, but they were outside for the most part. A little bit of time inside checking out the geckos. But, boy, the, the sound of those girls laughing in the yard, it's just uh, it was amazing. The dogs were on the lookout. <laughs> Nobody, Everybody was safe. It was great. Enjoyed that. Father's Day was phenomenal. My, my son sent me an Omaha steak care package, and uh, we're going to probably grill that up later today or something like that. Really excited about that. My daughter... Uh, we had breakfast, we went out to dinner, we built the trellis for the morning glories. Did I tell you the deer, the beautiful little doe that comes by to visit me? I can pretty much, um, I mean, she'll come within 15 feet of me. And the problem is that she's taken a liking for eating the flowers. And, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine that uh, lives a couple towns over 
went over to visit him. He's got this new axe throwing setup. Boy, am I jealous. And it's, it's like the keeping up with the Joneses with. So I, I set up this great axe throwing. Well, then he has to one up me. Well, he did. He accomplished that. I'll tell you, he had these end green uh, pine logs that he squared and stacked and then uh, fastened together. And his son sent him for Father's Day these beautiful long-handled, um, uh, wood long-handled uh, double, double-sided axes. And uh, what a throw. But anyway, uh, we were talking about this with the deer, and, and I said, you know, it's almost like this one doe is, like, um, messing with me. She chewed the top off my best pepper plant. I'm so frustrated by that. The other pepper plants aren't growing. You know, we had this dry weather here. And I'll tell you, it really messed things up. Even I was the same friend. I was looking at his garden. He's having some of the same problems. The tomato plants are doing great. We've got cherry tomatoes in now. The big tomatoes are coming in. They look fantastic. I just uh, put stakes in and, and uh, tied them up. The garden, I have pretty much weed-free. Everything's under control. I put melon plants in. I'm not sure about them. They look awful. The pepper plants, the plant's not growing, but there's peppers on them. It, it defies logic. Well, anyway, the one plant that was doing well, the deer chews the top off of. We have these uh, morning glories. If you don't know what they are, it's just a beautiful flower that grows on a vine, and they'll grow like 8 or 10 feet, and they like a trellis. And... uh we have this bamboo trellis, and I'm really excited about it. These are uh, blue, I think, and it really should be very pretty. And then after this year, they should probably come back. We'll see. They can be a little invasive, so we'll see how long this experiment lasts. But in the meantime, we're struggling to get things to grow because of the dry weather. The two morning glories that were doing the best, uh, she came and chewed the tops off of. The flowers out front, which I've also been taking care of very delicately through this dry time, and uh, she chewed the tops off of those. So I put some uh, Irish Spring soap out. Guess what? The security camera still picked her up. Um, but I think she she severed away. I do. I think she came walking through and maybe smelled it, smelled it and kept going. Because uh, I jumped up. It was about uh, 7 o'clock Sunday morning. And the sensor went off. And so I hopped up to chase her away, and she was already gone. Anyway, that's the status of my my weekend. What else did I I feel like there was something else that I wanted to say. I don't know. Crazy times we're living in. As I looked at all the news and was working on the podcast, I'll tell you, it takes a little bit. When you, when you really uh, understand what's going on, as I, I think I, for the most part, do, um, not every detail, of course, but I, I have a pretty good understanding of what's happening. And I'm not sure that the average person does, but sometimes it can be a bit of a burden to bear. And you just think, oh, man, we're in trouble. We are in big, big trouble. I'm not saying that, you know, doomsday is is near. I'm not not sounding that alarm. It could happen easily. The lack of leadership and the bad decisions. Uh, You know, most recently, uh, sending all these weapons to Ukraine is just being systematically blown up. Do we really have the money to, to be uh, replaced? Look at all the money that was wasted in Afghanistan. How much of this military spending is effective? Why don't we start there? Anyway, the problem that I wanted to talk about right now is cyber attacks. Rated the fifth 
top risk in 2020 is now becoming the norm in many public and private sectors. And that's a fact, I can tell you. There are government organizations that get thousands of attacks every day trying to get to their servers. What is it about this information that it's so valuable? It's kind of crazy. Cyber warfare, what it is, it's basically actions by uh, other nations or international organizations that are going to attempt to damage another country's computers or information networks by viruses or uh, what you would call denial of service attacks. That's why they want access to these networks, that they can go in at any given time and sabotage. So what am I talking about? Well, let's say here, we're on Pico, Philadelphia Electric Company, it's still called. What is it? I think it's an Exelon company, maybe owned by Exelon, the umbrella company. I don't know what the whole structure is. Anyway, Pico. Why would Chinese or Russian or North Korean actors want access to Pico's network? Well, if they could stop the payments from coming in to disrupt Pico's operations, if they could... Uh, shut down electric in, in certain areas. Can you imagine? You don't need to fire a missile. You don't need to declare war. You don't need to put anybody in danger. You don't even need to fire a drone. You don't even need a balloon. Just click of a button. At some point, and, and I think part of the concern with the AI is that once they program the AI, it's going to be able to infiltrate these systems uh, probably almost effortlessly. Who knows? I, I, I don't know much about that arena, but I could see it be becoming very problematic on that end. Well, the question is, what does all that mean to you, right? What does it mean to you and I? Well, listen to this. Americans should prepare for cyber sabotage from Chinese hackers. According to a U.S. official, I'm going to tell you who. Chinese hackers are all but certain. This is not me saying this. I don't know to disrupt American critical infrastructure, such as pipelines and railway, railways. In the event of a conflict with the United States, this is according to a U.S. cybersecurity official, comment, comments made uh, during an appearance at the Aspen Institute in Washington, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency Director, Jen Easterly said Beijing was making major investments in the capability to sabotage U.S. infrastructure. I wonder if we're doing the same. This is going to be, um, what, the existential threat. I really don't know what the possibilities are. I think sometimes uh, these alarms come out as a way to what? Get us to spend more money. It's the great boogeyman. It's like I said, you can't see what's going on. You hear that and you, ah, what do we need to do? Well, it's going to be about $5 billion. Okay, fine. $5 billion it is. Tell you the truth, it's probably going to end up closer to seven. All right, $7 billion. <laughs> uh, All right, let me see what I can do. <laughs> let me see if I can stave this onslaught off. <laughs> So far, so good. Good news this year. This year, we're only going to need a little bit more. How's another eight billion? <laughs> uh, 
Well, it's not really a joke. They're saying that, uh, that cybercrime will cost $10.5 trillion in 2025, up from $3 trillion in 2015. That's huge. That's worldwide. Growth rate of 15% a year. Like the best business on the planet. How much How much of this is like mafioso, like extortion? A lot. The long tail costs of data breach can extend for months to years and include significant expenses that companies are not aware of or do not anticipate in their planning. Business disruption, revenue losses, downtime, um, brand disruption, all problems for business. Crazy. Uh, there's a whole RAND report on this that I looked at, Cyber Warfare. Um, and it's pretty remarkable, um, some of the things that they're talking about. R- Russia's information warfare with the West. Russia's waging wide-reaching information warfare with the West. What does that mean exactly? Countering the, the American disinformation? A significant part of this war takes place on social media, which Russia employs to spread disinformation and interfere with the internal politics of other countries. Well, I wonder where they learned that from. Drawing on a variety of primary and secondary sources, expert interviews, and fieldwork in Ukraine, the report describes Russia's information warfare in the social media sphere as of 2019 and provides recommendations to better counter this evolving threat. Why is Russian uh, disinformation more of a threat than American disinformation? Do you remember me talking about this last week? The very law that provides the funding for the American propaganda machine, not only on foreign soil, but also on American soil? Fascinating, really. Now, let me tell you something. I regularly check on Russian news, and I give it maybe, maybe a smear more credibility than the American garbage news. It's all garbage. I don't trust any of it. Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera might be one of the more credible uh, news organizations right now, to tell you the truth. Less politically biased, I'll tell you that. I don't know about credible, but less politically biased. Al Jazeera, listen to what I'm telling you. You want to talk about cyber. This is the cyber war that they're talking about? This is social media posts. This is why I say you got to be careful about this. Now, some of this is real. I, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I, I don't want, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I do. There is a real cyber. I mean, I know people that work in this arena. I've seen the evidence myself. Cyber enabled enabled espionage against the United States has been a challenge for more than 20 years, likely to remain so in the future. In the aftermath of the 2020 solar winds cyber incident that affected U.S. government networks, did you even know about this? Policymakers, lawmakers, and the public asked, why does this keep happening and what can the government do to prevent it from reoccurring? And uh, there's all kinds of questions in that regard. Which, by the way, and, and so you have a, a three-prong uh, cyber situation. <laughs> there you go. Cyber situation. And the three prongs are this. One, disinformation. It's so easy. I literally saw an Axios article over the weekend. I might talk about it coming up. Where they said that the, are you, are you aware that the Earth's poles are shifting? Well, there was an abrupt shift at the hand of God. Oh, boy. 
That'll get me some emails. What? <laughs> science denier. Well, here's what the scientists are saying. You tell me much more believable. The hand of God? Or they're saying that because so much water was pumped out of the ground in 2019 or something like that. I kid you not. Why wouldn't it be the oil getting pumped out of the ground? I have a theory, by the way, on the oil getting pumped out of the ground. I don't think oil is fossil fuels at all. I think it may be the byproduct of uh, the plates grinding. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't really have much to base that on. But how can it be fossil fuel? It's just simply not adding up at all. When they say the earth was a lot warmer, there was all these mountains of vegetation. I don't know. Why are we able to keep pumping up? I do have a theory that as we pump oil out of the ground, could it cause the plates to shift, causing earthquakes? Mm. I've talked about this phenomena before. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that Axios, when, you would have thought they would have said that. That would have been better for the climate crowd. The, 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 we, are, you, the, we are using so much uh, polluting oil, dirty oil, that the earth is a, is a half a bubble off a plum, just like the rimrods that uh, write, read, and believe this nonsense. You tell me what's more believable, that, that they pumped so much water out of the ground that the earth is slipped over a couple degrees, or, or that God put his hand on the world to let us know that he's still there. You tell me what's more believable. I don't know. Where did I where was I going with that? The three-pronged attack in terms of cyber vulnerability. And in in, in at least in two of the three cases, the uh, result means the same to you. And it's that that I want to talk about. Enough horsing around for God's sake. Uh, the three prongs of this. One, the disinformation. I could do a whole series of podcasts on that because it's far and wide. It's not just government. Uh, it's corporate. It's individuals. It's other actors. It's international. It's mayhem in the, in the digital world. And Axios reporting that, um, you know, the earth is shifting because of uh, pumping too much water out of the ground. Uh, and that, that's like a like a like on the credibility scale. Axios is, is up there in, in cyber world. I'm not saying that. Right. But it's not like the, you know, Joe Schmo blog, not one of those like right wing conspiracy blogs like Alex Jones or something like that. No, it's Axios talking like this. A little strange, to say the least. Anyway, disinformation, huge problem. It's warping people's minds, the lack of congruency. You've heard me talk about this. Uh, we're winning the war in Ukraine, but Russia's getting ground, and people are, can't process this. The economy's great, but we need to borrow more money now. <laughs> what? Weird. Everything's an emergency. It's messing people up. So the disinformation problem is real, but that's mental, emotional, if you will. And the, and the solution to that is very simple, by the way. I keep telling you, just get outside more often. Put your phone away. Get off the computer. You can listen to the podcast. That's okay. I'm being serious. I go outside and listen to the podcast, look, listen to music. That's good. But as far as the other stuff, just get away from it. Get outside. Go view nature. Go see what's going on. You know, I, was, I was digging around in my garden planting these um, I planted honeydew and cantaloupe. And I was very happy to see all the, the bugs and worms in the soil. Anybody know what that means? It's great for a garden. It really is. It's real. This cycle of life that so much of it that science can't even explain. And it just it, it makes me feel real and human. You see what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm making any sense. Maybe not. But anyway, disinformation. 
It's a real problem. And the simple protective mechanism, well, stay, stay informed, think for yourself, and get the hell outside and you'll be fine on that end, all right? Now, on the other two problems for, for cybersecurity is uh, espionage or sabotage, right, where you're going to have the Chinese shutting down the gas pipeline coming out of Louisiana um, or whatever. You know, the, the uh, uh, what, what's our nuclear power plant, uh, Limerick here? shut down Limerick or put it in an emergency state that now you you know people are evacuating because of a false alarm. Can you imagine these disruptions? Crazy when you think about it. Um, and then you have the added of EMP uh, true solar winds, which is a naturally occurring phenomenon. They're going to blame it on climate change and fossil non-fossil fuels for some reason, uh, but it really has nothing to do with it. Uh, these shifts in the in the poles and these uh, solar storms, um, it's it's amazing, really. And you know, people people forget. We don't talk about it. You know, you're not allowed to anymore. It's not that you're not allowed to. It's just that uh, it's very taboo. Yeah, but but people forget about the power of God. And I think about the sun. And you say, you know, this idea of God putting His hand on the earth and the earth tilting. No, you don't believe that it's possible? Have you not read the Bible? One little solar strip that God just nudged the sun to say enough of this mayhem. We're going to start over, right? This is the cycle. The punishment is real. The path is already known. It's not a secret. And, you know, one way or the other, these things that are going on, they can't continue. The hard things going on right now. I'm getting off track. Anyway, the threat, whether you want to believe any of that or you look at it like I do or not, you can listen to RAND, you can listen to FEMA, you can listen to the uh, DHS, Department of Homeland Security, all the experts, they'll all tell you the same thing, that the threat of a, a um, you know, a, a internet down scenario is is very, very I think many would say probable. And then, you know, it's not, they would say to you, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And then it's a matter of for how long. You know, because we've already seen this happen. It hasn't happened in a little while now. It was 2020. I do remember I was talking about it. Across Europe, uh, GIS systems down. Some of us felt like it was like a testing. Yeah, who was doing the testing and what were they doing the testing for? We don't know. Point being that anybody you talk to, they say that it's highly probable. Here's another report. Chinese hacker hackers breached hundreds of public and private networks. What are they doing with all this? Um, it, there is an ongoing cyber war. It's not visible to you, but it is going on. We have no idea what extents may, may happen or not. It's really impossible to fully predict them. I mean, you could do worst-case scenario. Um, I've heard a year of no Internet, a year to two years of no Internet. You tell to think about what that means. <laughs> Life changes very quickly. We have no idea what the level of disruption would be, quite frankly. We don't know what would happen in the case of this internet uh, shutdown. Catastrophic consequences. Top U.S. grid official sounds the alarm on coal and gas power plant closures. 
This is relative to something completely different, <clears throat> not even a catastrophic inf- uh, system failure. They're just saying, look, because of the environmentalists uh, and not bringing more uh, power plants online, we're not going to be able to meet power demands. If we can't be- meet power demands, there's going to be we're not going to be able to meet internet demands because the internet needs power. So there's a, another prong to that threat. This is um, an interesting write-up um, by Rand. Um, Rand does research and papers, and I'm not a big fan of Rand, but um, it, it is a certain perspective, particularly on military and foreign affairs type situations. And they have this write-up, the after- aftermath of a great power war and are we in a great power war now that's the question and why well the dollar that the you know russia keeps clamoring about this um that the american dollar influence in the united states basically uh driving the decision on everything they're not liking that. They're fed up with that. And I don't. I'm not saying I trust Russia. I don't trust China. Um, but here's a, a pretty detailed write-up here on in terms of um, potential threats going forward and what it would mean. For example, China annexes Taiwan. They talk about the conflict, the aftermath, and the implications. Replacing losses of fifth-generation aircraft and undersea forces, replenishing expansive military um, missile inventories, Develop, uh, developing dis- uh, distributed satellite systems that are more resilient. It's amazing the detail. Scenario number two: United States uh, degrades China's military power in escalating East China Sea conflict, <laughs> meaning that there's a, a, a war. They're planning for scenario number three: unexpected war over Taiwan ends in frozen conflict. China, United States caught off guard when Taiwan's president uh, announces a referendum that would be a step towards independence. Uh, China must act swiftly. The United States intervenes. The scope of conflict expands to include attacks on U.S. and Chinese bases, space assets, infrastructure, communications. And financial systems. Um, you ought to read the er- the aftermath of this scenario number four and more. Is this a, a scenario or a plan? So, why am I bringing that up in the context of cyber war? Well, how do we not know that it's not the way that they're going to wage that war? I don't know. There, there seems to be um, something going on that we're not aware of in terms of military capabilities. What do you do? Um, well, go to hopeforsurvival.com would be the first thing I would do. And I always say this is not a commercial, but Butch inspired me. He's the author uh, to do the preparation that I've done. And I couldn't be happier that I've done it. We didn't spend a lot of money, it's not super complicated. You don't need a Ph.D. in cyber war or anything like that. You don't need an underground bunker. You might want some cash. You might want a little gold and silver. You might want some solar-powered lighting. 
You might want a little fuel. You might want paper copies of documents and maps. Uh, there's a link here in the show notes. How do you prepare for uh, an internet complete blackout? Uh, have a bunch of pre-addressed, pre-stamped envelopes. Um, interesting. Get as many skill manuals as you can. No paper. I would consider this. Gardening books, hunting books, if you're not familiar. Um, no assurance it would be successful. Basically saying there will be an attack. Um, collect some hardware. Cat5 cable. Uh, and run a, a local network that you can connect with your, your neighbors and so forth. Yeah, I've heard other people talk about that. Get a radio, get a hardwired phone, cash, silver, address book, books, manuals. Security, you might want to think about security. Go to HopeForSurvival.com, that's what I would tell you. Your survival guide for the uh, internet blackout, this is from The Verge. You can take a look at this if you're interested. I'm not going to go through this. God bless you. Uh, anyway, all things that, that uh, you might want to consider there. Uh, what do I do for preparation for this type of thing? Uh, well, mostly what I said, um, <clears throat> we have local uh, backups, paper backups, paper maps, uh, solar lighting, fuel backups, um, quite a bit of redundancy, um, and plenty of security to boot. We really do. Uh, batteries uh, to keep certain things operating. I talk, uh, one of the things I think that I look at a little bit differently, I shouldn't even say it that way. We just don't talk about it the same way, Butch and I. I take a simple approach. Make a list of your needs, your daily needs. All right. You need water, food, wool blanket to stay warm. If you have medicine, dog food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, exposure is huge. Anyway, you take and then just uh, then go across and write hours, right? And you say hours, yeah, because uh, I know here in Pennsylvania where we're at, <clears throat> temperatures in in February can still get below below freezing for extended periods of time. Even that is probably the biggest threat to dying here: exposure. And especially if you're caught outside, it doesn't have to be nearly that cold to, for you to get in big, big trouble quickly. Uh, so, if, for example, one of the things that I pushed off for a while until I got in trouble was a, a get-home bag that my buddy Butch, you know, you need a bag. And I was like, I honest to God, I, I God bless me, God bless Butch. I was like, this guy's off his rocker, man. I'm not, I, this is like bunker level. I'm not doing that. And then we had a tornado here one night. I'm not going to go into that story. And uh, I wasn't home. And I had to get home. And I got a little mild hypothermia. And it, it quickly got to be a bad, bad situation. It really did. I was lucky, fortunate that um, I had the equipment that I did and I had the knowledge of the local area that I did that I would have been in trouble. I got wet and I got cold quickly. Sloppy and unprepared, my friends. And that will never happen again. Anyway, one of the things that I keep in my get-home bag is hand warmers. And because, again, I'm thinking on that time scale, right? And so let's just say um, it's wintertime. And, again, it doesn't have to be below zero. 
you know, it could be raining. You, you get a flat tire and it starts raining and you're focusing on fixing the tire and, you, and you're like, I just got to get this tire fixed and I'll be back in the car and on my way. I, I don't care if I get a little wet. And then, boom, you slip and fall and you break your freaking ankle on the side of the road and there's nobody to help you and you can't drive. <laughs> boom. You, you're all of a sudden in big trouble. Like, it could be an hour, two hours, depending on how temperatures drop, that your life's in danger. So all of a sudden, you know, that that um, that Mylar blanket and those hand warmers, you might be going, whew. Now, you say, how likely is that? I don't know. But these things cost like 50 cents, my friend. I don't know what the real threat of a cyber attack is. I just know that taking a little bit of time to think about what's important to make sure that at least you can get yourself a little bit of time if you get into trouble. I think, what does uh, FEMA say? 48 hours, 96 hours, four days. Start there. Get a box. Put a wool blanket a little, you could go without eating, for, but, but put a little bit of food in there, water, water purification, some, some lighting. And you want to build redundancy, battery light, hand crank light, solar light, plug-in light. You've got redundancy, matches, lighter, fire striker, magnesium starters. Um, they have these, I don't need to go into all this. It's not why I went on it. My point is this, I don't know what the threat is, but for a couple of minutes of your time and a couple of bucks, you could get yourself set up nicely for 96 hours, four days, and you'd be like 80% of the head of the rest. And, and let me tell you something. Think of it like this. Think about your family, your obligation to the community. They're saying that the likelihood is very, very high. And lastly, I'll just say this in that regard, the paper maps. If you got to get out, you might be real happy that you have them someday. Hey, God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.